Hey listeners, this is the Spotlight on Grace podcast, where we're focusing on what's happening at Grace Church and how God's grace is making a difference in our lives. I'm your host, Burr Bolton, and Pastor Tanya's co-hosting. Howdy, howdy. And we're in what series, Tanya? Grace at Work. I'm glad you're keeping Summer track. Summer series, yes. <laughs> no, I know, we're doing I know what series we're in. It's a good one. It is. You want to introduce our guest today? Of course I do. She's been here before. I know. So Miss Julie Webster is um, a pro now in the podcast room. Say hi, Julie. Hello. You got to come a little closer. Hello. Because we're really loud. She's or gonna, you can sit back. She's going to yeah. say, I'm loud. I don't need to be on the mic. But yes, yes, yeah. you do. You don't make crazy fuss because you're way quieter than <laughs> When he does the editing. In trouble. So, But um, we especially wanted Julie to come today as a business owner. Yes. Um, and I think that's even next level different than if you're like a supervisor or the boss at your work. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, I think probably everybody should know that Julie owns JJ's Barbecue. And um, so we're thankful for that. We're thankful for your business. You love them cheesy potatoes. Come we on. love all the things. We love all the barbecue and all the cheesy potatoes. We just had it yesterday. And the banana pudding and the caramel, all the things. Oh, BJ came by. Yeah, oh, he okay. came by and picked up our to-go order. I didn't know. He sure um, did. So thank you, Julie, for coming in. And um, so the questions will be maybe the same, but may end up with a little different take whenever yeah. you're, again, not just the boss, but the owner. It's a whole different way of thinking. But Julie, we're excited you're here. We always appreciate Thank the you. things you have to say and your just your life for Jesus and your family and the church and your friends and all the things that you do. We appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your family really quickly because you just had something super exciting happen in your family. And you can tell us about that after you kind of tell us about your family. Married to Wayne Webster, 42, 42 years, uh, three grown children, we have um, five grandchildren. We have a sixth on the way. Yay. Yay. Destiny is due, and Chris are due in February. But the big excitement is uh, yesterday, Wayne had the opportunity to baptize our granddaughter, Juliet. Yay. Um, Sarah and Chuck's daughter. Yeah. And that was real special. She wanted her puppet to baptize her mm-hmm. and he did it and it was emotional and wonderful and looking forward to that journey yeah. they were at vbs with us a few weeks ago right yes, yes. well she told jackie heichel back she wanted to be baptized she had previously asked jesus into her heart yeah so yeah. that was that it's was exciting. real special that is so fun yes Good. that is so fun mm-hmm. great family memory and continuing that continuing that <laughs> legacy you know yeah. of love for jesus and a legacy i love that yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Julie, tell us how long you have owned JJ's Barbecue. Because I, when I found this out, I was kind of, that was interesting to me that you haven't always been the owner no. of JJ's Barbecue. <laughs> like, this kind of came about later in your life, right? It did. I was 38 years old. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? I was 38 years old, and we actually, um, the location is no longer there. Um, but we actually bought it from a woman we met in Sunday school at Grace Church, Jerry Jackson. She okay. was trying to sell it. And um, so we bought our first one from Jerry Jackson. Well, and I when I found that out, like I found that so... I remember. I think the reason I like that is because like I feel like I'm halfway through my life and I don't even know what I want to do. Like, <laughs> And I feel like it's too late to start over or do something new or whatever. And when I found that out, I was like, it's not too late for me. Like, look how successful Julie has yeah. done. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, of course, we went into the catering business much later. Mm-hmm. So I was probably in my 40s when I started catering weddings. Like, right. what do you think you're doing? <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. And then it ended up being a wedding venue, an event mm-hmm. venue. So, and I was even older then. So, yes. Yeah. 
I think it's good for new beginnings. Yes. Always. Yes. yes. Well, because you get bored and you 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 need oh, a new project, right? I know, and now I have to fight that off because <laughs> of my age. How it's much like, am I going to commit to? Oh, I think they say that Colonel Sanders fried his first piece of chicken at eighty six, or I, opened his business at eighty six, really? or something. Yeah, something so crazy. Yeah. That's so there amazing. So keep on, keeping on. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up yet. That's okay. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so we talked about this, not something you've always done, but is business ownership something you've always wanted to do? Always entrepreneurial in spirit for sure. And actually so is Wayne. Mm -hmm. So I always, we're always a team in that. So when we're together and we go vacationing, we're always looking at little businesses and wonder how that works and you know, those kinds Mm -hmm. of things. So even though I've primarily been JJ's barbecue, he's always partnered with me and has been like my business consultant because he's so smart. Mm -hmm. He really is. You guys make a great team. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, because I don't know that people always realize, because we see Julie at the restaurant a lot, they don't always realize that Wayne has a lot of input Mm -hmm. and insight into the business as well. But, you know, that's, we don't always see that, Mm -hmm. I guess, when you're there at the restaurant. Very true, very true. Yeah, he's like, you know. The the silent partner. I call it the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain (laughs) making things happen. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so do you feel like God has called you into what you're doing? Yes, I really do. Um, I didn't always feel that way. Um, and then, um, I, so you see everyone out doing their ministry work, and my heart, that's where my heart is. I love people. And um, I remember it was about 10 years ago, um, a woman saying to me she would come in periodically and eat, and we would talk about it. Actually, it's one of Sue Purvis's friend, And she said, this is your ministry, Julie. You have all these young people that have worked for you over the years, and you can be an example to them. And I'd never thought about that before. And when I started thinking about that, it kind of changed my perception of my relationship Mm -hmm. um, with these people and the opportunities I had to speak something good into their lives. Sometimes specifically Jesus, but not always. because I, I think all of my people, JJs, know um, that I'm a believer. So hopefully they will link the two things together when I'm doing something correct. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> part of why we wanted to do this podcast yeah. is because I don't think people always see their line of work as a ministry. But it can totally change your outlook and and your insight. And even I feel like... Um, some of the satisfaction you get from going to your job when you do see it that way as a Christian, um, it, as your ministry. So, yeah, and we yeah. talked about I how. I think it would change everything if people could get a hold of the vision of um, being on mission in in their workplace. And I know that there are people, you know, who say you don't want to cheat your boss. And I totally agree with that. Um, you, you, you're not going there. Um, you're going there to do your job. But in doing your job well and representing Christ well, uh, you are on mission. Mm-hmm. And even to have integrity and to um, a good work ethic and to show up on time and to um, work hard, all of those things that you do to do your job well, you're not cheating your boss out at all. Those things tie into just it's just a perspective in your mind of how you look at things. Sure. Um, that, that it is your mission field and the difference that you can make. Because we've said it before and we'll say it again, there are people that our folks will affect at work that mm-hmm. 
that until they invite them to church, they're never going to cross through right. these doors for me to meet or Pastor BJ to meet or Pastor Jason to meet or for Pastor Ray to, you know, help raise their teens or Jeff with their kids. Um, so just it's just a little click in your brain, but it changes right. so many things, I mm-hmm. think. Yep, that's good. So, Julie, how do you feel like God has uniquely equipped you um, in your personality and your skill set for what you do running and owning a business? My energy level is yes. amazing. Yes, <laughs> it's true. You wake it's, up and you are just ready to go, and that I mean oh, that's huge. I, yes, and I I can if I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, I'm you know what I mean. It's it's not a big deal. I can keep going and keep going. And the older I get, the more I realize I have more energy than most young people. And it takes a lot of energy to do what I do. Mm-hmm. It's it's very taxing emotionally, physically, mentally. Um, and my outgoing personality. So I, I love all my people. Like you're not going to find me going to my office and closing the door because mm-hmm. I don't want to talk mm-hmm. to my employees or my customers. I love people yeah. and the fast pace. Yeah. Because I, I think sometimes when people think of business owners, they think, oh, that you know. That, like there's a figurehead. Yes, there's the business and they never come here. Mm-hmm. And Julie is not like that. No, not <laughs> like most days you can find her at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, you got to kind of think about it, you know, because there are business owners who do run their right. business that way. But I think most small business owners are not like that at all. They're Especially the ones, food service. Yeah. Yeah. I think retail's a little different. Right. You yeah. do your inventory, you got someone running the cashier. But when it's food service, mm-hmm. yeah. you've, you've got to be present. You yeah. really do. And ultimately, when something goes wrong, oh. you're the one that gets oh. called because oh. there's nobody else to Might call. Well just be there oh. to problem solve. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, um, Julie, and I'm, we've talked about this a little bit before we got started that you might have to be a little vulnerable in this situation, but um, do you, or in this question, do you see any challenges to being a believer in your line of work? Because I think most people would say, well, she owns the business. What could be a challenge about being a believer? She can say and do what she wants, but, but you have a unique perspective on this being the owner of a company and being a believer. I think the the challenge it's, so it's been really challenging lately. Um, there's been a lot going on with the economy. We had COVID, a lot of um, decisions to be made. There's a labor shortage. There's inflation. Um, so it's, for anyone owning a small business in the last three years, it's been really, it's real challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most stressful three years that I've ever had in business. And I have a lot of experience. Um, so I feel like, um, because all my employees know I'm a believer, I think, and it kind of like, they're watching me, and um, I, I I try so hard. I on my way to work, I pray, especially when it's troubling times, and I ask God. I want I want to be a good ambassador all the time, but sometimes in the moments, in the stress, I'm alone. I don't I don't have a team. I have to make instant decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can get a bad. My attitude can come out mm-hmm. and try to keep all those things in check but you're human but I think as a believer people are watching you all your employees even if they're believers and they're kind of judging you and it puts a whole nother um, level of stress on you um, and so that can make it hard and um, because you're the you're you're the boss um, I don't know if apologies always resonate the same way as in personal relationships um, because they're still your employee and you're still the boss. So it, there's there can be a level of 
um, awkwardness where you can't resolve things easily um, because there is a separation. And that's hard um, because I love people and I love my employees and I kind of view them as friends. But then when I have to be the boss, Mm -hmm. uh, it it changes. It changes real fast. Mm -hmm. It really does. I do think, though, for a boss to say, I blew it yesterday when I spoke like that, when I reacted like that, I do think that is powerful in the same way that it is for parents to children um, and shows like I would have greater respect for a boss who, you know, came back and we had had a tussle and, you know, now maybe that's just me, you know, but, to, but for someone to say, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't handle that. Well, I apologize. That would, but it is, it is different to be the boss um, but I do think that that is a powerful thing yeah. whenever you say those things. I have a question based yeah. on what you were saying, Julie. Like, in your years now of owning JJ's and being in business, do you see how the Lord has grown you? And do you feel like how the Holy Spirit is close, maybe feels closer now as you've just faithfully walked and walked and walked with the Lord through this? Do you feel him in your decisions that, that it's easier to, generally easier to make those quick decisions or to handle a situation. Do you see how God has grown you over the years? Yes, for sure. But I, but I also feel like Satan comes after me all the Even time. Even harder, yeah, sure. All the time. And I think because, so I usually have 25 to 30 employees that I see regularly. And I think it's just, it's. I think it's fertile ground for Satan. And um, it's, I can't have all Christian employees that work for me. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've seen with the young people, especially, I've seen things change dramatically in the last 10 years mm-hmm. where it used to be most of them go to church, and now mm-hmm. it's very few. And the things they talk about that they do in their free time, it's it's shocking. But so I've, came, I've come to terms that I might, there might be a Christian owner, but it's not a circle of Christian right. people. And but that's my mission field. Yeah, absolutely. That is my mission field. And so, um, I can't, my Christian walk with those kids or people isn't about, well, this is what I believe. This is what the Bible says. That's sin. That's sin. It's how I relate to them and how Jesus loves because they don't need me telling them what sin is. That's it, it's how you relate to them and how you live. And, and so some of the things that I try to do is, I mean, when something goes wrong at JJ's, everyone knows if the oven goes out or we forget to turn the oven on and there's no potatoes ready and it's the middle of lunch. It's like, oh, everybody's brains can explode, but it's um, keeping calm. And I'm telling you, things always fix themselves, always fix themselves miraculously at JJ's. And I always give God the credit, always give God the credit, just so they know that I'm not thinking, well, I'm so smart. I figured mm-hmm. that out. It's the Lord's watching over me. He watches over my business. He saves my business all the time, yeah. all the time. Yeah. He's yeah. present. Yeah, I totally yeah. went beyond that question. No, that's no. You have, <laughs> because you that have. was one of my questions: was how has um, your job grown you as a believer? And that's, I mean, that's exactly what yeah. you. Well, also, I think how it's grown me as a believer is that um, I can let go more of my business like mentally Mm -hmm. um, because it's up to God. Mm -hmm. Um, So like right now I could use some more daytime help adults through the lunch shift. He knows it. I'm doing all the logical things you should do. 
they're either going to show up or they're not. Right. Mm-hmm. And if they don't show up, there's a reason. Don't know yeah. what it is, right. but it's okay because he's looking over all of it. Yeah, that's good. That's such a great step of faith and example of um, trusting God. I have a question to kind of add on that we haven't had for others too. Julie, what would you um, maybe put out as a vision to other business owners, maybe they're new business owners or maybe they're, they've just become a Christian or they're like, oh, I am a Christian and I've been a business owner, but I need to kind of go to the next step. Um, not, not that it's the complete full laid out plan of being a Christian business owner, but like, what are some things that you would um, say to encourage and also challenge people who are Christian business owners to make a difference through their business with their employees or maybe their customers or whoever? Any just initial words? Cause that was not in your plan. That's a big question. Um, I think it's, you almost have to have, you just have to have a really strong walk with the Lord so you're not stopping and thinking, what would Jesus do? Mm. It's, you have to practice it and think about it when you're going to work. So when those moments come, it's really who you are. Yeah. But then it's also like what you said, when that doesn't happen, go out and apologize. And I, and I do that. I'll say, I'm so sorry mm-hmm. in the moment. But you don't always know when those, sometimes I might not be aware that I've had an attitude sure. kind sure. of thing. So you don't know that. But um, I just think if, if business owners embraced the fact that they are Christians owning a business and, and look for opportunities, you know, those divine appointments, because I've had those divine appointments yeah. where I've been able to witness people and make an example or have former employees come back and say yeah. in those earlier years, you were influential. Oh my gosh, I love those. Because mm-hmm. it's like in the thick of the moment, yeah. you've really yeah. made a difference. And to just know that those moments are going to come. Mm-hmm. I have, I have um, you know, when you think of a youth pastor and the influence they can have, um, I, I'm with a lot of teenagers. Yeah. You're like a small group leader. And, and, not, well, and, not, really all, and not all church-going right. teenagers. That's really powerful. Right. You know, and I, right. I just remember from being a teenager, I wasn't making the best decisions or making the best choices. And what a difference people who were adults in workplaces or different type of mentoring situations, what they brought, what richness they brought to my life that I reflect on. Now, I didn't necessarily then when I was 16 and 17 and thought I knew everything. And you get to do that generationally. I mean, there's people who worked for you as a 16, 17-year-old that are, you know, the, 30s now, and, you know. And, and in the thick of it, the opportunity, hopefully, to mentor them and give them life lessons that aren't necessarily about Jesus, but about attitudes towards people or their parents. And mm-hmm. now that I'm at the age I'm at, when I used to hire my, was their mother's age. Mm-hmm. Now I'm their grandmother's <laughs> age. I'm like, wait a minute. It's just like, yeah. it's just bizarre. But that, you know, I can identify with where they're at as young people and say, but w- when you get to be my age and you look back, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. things you're doing now, you're, you need to make better decisions mm-hmm. and you'll look differently. You'll look differently. Yeah. Yeah. things and I think maybe they listen to me some because it's in the heat of the moment it's not sitting down teaching them a lesson it's right. in yeah. a life thing yeah I think that, so that's much. real discipleship yeah. is as you're going along you're mm-hmm. teaching as you're going along right. but I also think they don't always necessarily it's kind of thing where they're not listening at that moment but 10 years from now mm-hmm. they could go oh mm-hmm. I remember when Miss Julie said this mm-hmm. I, you know Absolutely. like one of the things that I like I've been preaching sermons to them for when 
for so long, when you go to bed at night, you look in the mirror, you want to be able to be proud of how you lived your life that mm-hmm. day. You want mm-hmm. that integrity. Integrity right. is is doing the right thing even when nobody's looking. Mm-hmm. Don't, it's just, and those things have served me well. And I think some of these young people maybe look at me and think she's achieved some level of success. Mm-hmm. So maybe they will listen right. more. But it's, and nothing matters more than your relationship with the Lord. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't when it comes right down to it. That's the right. most important thing. Because everything you're saying and doing is an overflow of who you are. I mean, that's what I'm hearing you I say. So. It's not I just the so. spiritually stuff, but like the, the, the good business sense, the common sense, all of those things. And I almost wonder if like being more the grandmother age versus the mom age might get their attention more than when you were their mom age. Right. I mean, that mattered too. Right. You know what I'm saying? But like... If they have the eyes to see, and again, it may not show up till years down the road, um, but what you're saying to them is not just lip service, and that makes all the difference too because they're, I'm getting ready to cry. I feel it. I'm just keep talking. <laughs> because <laughs> like they're it. watching you even, even in the moments that to you feel like nothing. You know, when you're giving somebody directions on how to load up the sour cream cups, like they're watching you, and when, when that lines up with something you've said and some, you know what I'm saying? Like I it hope. all comes together to be so powerful and to make such I a hope. difference. I hope. Well, and, and, and I also have an opportunity to teach servant leadership. And so like, I don't have a problem cleaning up after none of those things. But um, when I'm doing something like that, I point out to them, this is servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, I'm not doing this to toot my own horn. I want you to recognize that this is servant leadership. There's no job too small or too gross or too icky even for the owner to do. But you have to say it for people to realize sometimes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Put the the words on it. And I have a couple of young people that work for me now that um, they have some leadership material. You can just, you can tell leadership. They're encouragers and they always, they have a strong work ethic. And as I'm meeting with them in my office, it is this is what I love about what I do. It's so exciting to be able to mentor them about what they can do with their lives. And and usually it's not coming from a perspective of, you know, you can make fast potatoes. It's their people skills. Mm-hmm. And it's like as long as you see the good in people, you keep being the encouragement and the team player, you can do anything, yeah. anything. You have to hang on to those kinds of things and and I caution them not to get distracted by other things like mm-hmm. girlfriends mm-hmm. or boyfriends because stay focused on these kinds of abilities you have. I've got some great young people right now. Yeah, that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. sure. It's really good. I love it. Yeah. And you want to ask the question you oh, asked sure. everybody? Are you done with yours? Do we I think so. I think we're good. Well, I was going to ask Julie, like, how does God answer work-related prayers but because I know her and have worked with her enough to, she prays about everything like <laughs> like the thermostat's broken she's oh, praying no. about that, oh, that the, pl- the plumbing oh, stopped us she's Lord. praying about that like oh, it so I know that he's constantly uh, answering it as um things are have. I mean because things break a lot oh, Julie gosh. don't you feel like oh, that is you have like, no idea what I'm facing right now it's like, waiting for me Tuesday morning. yeah but oh, I mean I feel oh, like yeah. watching her 
as things break. Like that's the biggest thing. Like I just want things to work, and yeah. then every day something's broken. But she's well, praying say, about it. I'll say, please, everybody, please pray. Please pray <laughs> right now that this. And sometimes they magically fix themselves. Yeah. Yes, they do. You're like, thanks, Lord. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have one. I have okay. one um, JJ's related question, personal question, and then I have um, my last question. So my question that just came to mind is, what is your one favorite food item to eat from JJ's? Oh, I bet I know this. <gasps> it's our new corn nuggets. That's Did your you know new that? favorite thing. Oh my gosh. No, I was going to say oh, the meatloaf, oh, but oh wait, the, oh this is a meatloaf potato. Yes, yeah. but now I'm on the corn nuggets. That's yes, nice. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I just needed yes. to know that one. Okay, here's my real okay. question. <laughs> That was a question about your job. Here's a question about hey, my job. Hey, we didn't say this, and before you ask this question, I want to say this. I, I, we didn't mention this, and this wasn't one of the questions, and you would never toot your own horn, but JJ's is very generous in the community and how they give and support different ministries, even here at church, yeah. but even um, organizations in the community. So thank you, and I think that's yes. part of being a Christian that just overflows yeah. out. It's just part of who she is. Yeah, you would and never Wayne, toot your own Wayne horn. Wayne and Julie, yeah. Wayne and Julie, right. yes. Exactly, yes. definitely. And she, she gets really quiet on this part because she does not want to talk about this, so, but yes, she's just awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Julie. Okay, okay now your question. Now awkward your question. silence from Julie's side of the table, so we're moving on. Is this a big question? No, it's not. No, this like is more for me. No, this is, no, like this is what the discipleship pastor is oh. in. She's interested in it all, but she really wants to know about this, which is a key to your job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. so my question that I've been thinking about is how can the church better equip people working in the real world to go and see see their work as a mission, to be equipped to share their faith, to to make a difference, to... To do those things, what can the church do better or different to help the real workforce? Man, I almost think it's for the young people. I really do, the teenagers. Mm -hmm. It's, um, But that's who I deal with primarily. I find out, I mean, you can encourage the older people, you know, like you do, and, you know, talk about this is, you know, Jason can talk about that from the pulpit, and they might think of it differently. But young people, they go out and get their first job. If they start that at the beginning, it's huge. Um, I wish Shana Caddy would have been here today because yeah. Shana Caddy works for me. Right. And she is such a wonderful example of that. Mm -hmm. And she's a young person just like everybody else. And um, she's she's just a good role model. She just does what she should do. She always um, works hard, and she's thoughtful, and she's encouraging to other people. She's respectful to me, and I think she's a real witness in the worst place. Mm -hmm. and, she, and she hears it all, I promise you, but she probably hears it all anywhere anyways nowadays, but she's not standing there pointing out people's sin. She's mm -hmm. in there loving <laughs> the other people. She's like being the hands and feet of Jesus, yeah. which is my favorite phrase lately. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. and I she think, and that's, and that's right. huge, right. but young people don't know that. So if we could that. teach the teenagers and the young adults to just see work from that way and to yes. live life from that perspective. Yeah. And I think Their it's whole life. Right. Yeah. I yes. think it's important what you said too. Like we as Christians aren't going to do any good if we're so easily offended that oh. we can't rub shoulders with the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, and not that that means that we have to allow everything, right. but, um, you know, we, we have to be the influencer rather than the influencee, but if we can't get out there because we're so offended, we're never, ever going to be able to reach people for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I, and I've been criticized for my workforce, for what, what can go on in there, the talk that goes on and, and there is cussing. I mean, 
and kids say things and people have done things they shouldn't do. They're still doing their job, but that's where the mission field is. That's, that's, and I wonder if I didn't have JJ's barbecue, where would I find that? Where would I find that mission field? Mm -hmm. Where? Doing Christian volunteer work and coming to church. And I think it's important that we have to try to find ways to do that. Mm -hmm. However it is, maybe volunteering for secular Mm-hmm. kinds right. of things mm-hmm. we Christians have to and it's hard sometimes it, it's honestly hard I want to curl up and go oh my gosh I don't mm-hmm. want to know yeah. mm-hmm. what people are doing and what right. they're thinking but then it's like you got to put on that armor and you got you have to love mm-hmm. those people right. and and extend that grace yeah it's good, good that stuff. was that was worth just dropping the bike and call it good thing. you're yep. good you're good mm-hmm. with that she said everything you wanted her she to. said good stuff like <laughs> oh, like yay. we could we could start off on a whole other episode about being in the world but not of the world but putting on your armor to go be in the world because sometimes i think we took we take be in the world but not of the world way too extreme and we don't want to know the things because we don't want to hear i don't want to hear the junk no. and the garbage and the you know i don't want to hear that me personally but if i don't know how to intersect with the world but like you just said julie you put your armor on and you go. So that's that's going to be a whole other episode, though. we got to okay. wrap it up. That's good. <laughs> but I want to thank you guys for doing this because I was a little nervous, but you both, this has been very encouraging and reinforcing for me to go out Tuesday morning and do it all over again because yeah. I needed that. Thank that's you. Good. Well, thank it's you. recorded, so the next time you need encouragement, yeah. you just <laughs> just find it and play. <laughs> that's right. Listen to yourself. Encourage yourself. Yep. So we appreciate you. So the tagline I always end with is God's grace is sufficient for you. And I know that that's a tagline, that's, but that's scripture. And it really is true. Like yeah. even in dark situations and in workplaces that are secular, yeah. God's broken grace. broken thermometers. That's thermostats, right. Thermostats. Thermostats and ovens and <laughs> crappy plumbing. Uh, <laughs> crappy plumbing. Anyway, Tracy's going to have to edit some. But God's <laughs> grace is sufficient for you. 